0: welcome to Just Dads Reading Books, a podcast about getting to know your kids based on what they read. This is produced by Matt Martins and EJ Sanders. Music by Russian Baths. everybody hi how are you doing welcome to just as reading books i'm here with my friend dj and i'm here with my
1: friend matt
0: do you think i can get any higher than this or should i get an I even like, higher register for the whole episode
1: i like matt you yeah. know why because matt sets the tone for every episode <laughs> like if you go back and listen to any jdrb episodes <laughs> like i my job is to match the energy that's being put into the universe and i feel like If Matt, it's like, you'll know, like Mm -hmm. you can tell within the first, what is that, five seconds of the episode,
0: yeah, what our tenor is going to be. We're (laughs) either scared or happy. Those are the two (laughs) modes of just dads reading books, scared or happy, and today's a happy day. What a beautiful little day. Today, we are talking about actually just a small little list of books illustrated by Doug Salati. Doug Salati has Mm -hmm. also written some books, one of which we'll be talking about today, but we specifically were able to get our hands on three that he did not author and one that he did. One we've been teasing for a while uh, is Hot Dog, which won the Caldecott uh, and is the main reason we decided to start checking out Doug Salati. The other three are Lawrence in the Fall, written by Matthew Farina, Pip and Zip, written by Elena K. Arnold, and In a Small Kingdom, written by Tomy DePaola. Uh So that's our four books for the day. And from a Doug Salati perspective, mm-hmm. I had a positively delightful time with all of these books.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even from a, a writing perspective, it's interesting because he's collaborated with... Um, with so many people mm-hmm. there's also one other book we should mention the only other book that i believe he's illustrated is the remarkable rescue at milkweed meadow which looks yeah. like kind of a watership down like yeah uh, and that one's by elaine demopolis
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so that was the only one and it they did have it at the library i should come forth and say <laughs> it, but we wanted to focus more on the picture books yeah uh, that he's done not necessarily the kind of young reader books right uh or book, I should say that he's done. Uh, but yeah, yeah, uh, all of these books, it's it's interesting. What I what I love about Doug, um, and I guess we'll just hop right into it. Yeah, Doug's got not just a unique style, um, but he's he's very versatile. Uh, he he shows off a lot of different, yeah, uh, sort of. Uh, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's not different styles. It's all sure. in you know a very distinct way that he draws but I don't know I don't know how to say it it's just like they're they're very different um it, stories yeah. uh, you know and they and they involve different types of characters and yeah. people and animals that the
0: tones uh, are really mm-hmm. unique so much to each book yeah uh l- yeah. W- let's kind of dig through each one to kind of talk about this the, the one I was the least like really taken away with was lawrence in the fall now oh, uh, again still the art of lawrence in the fall t- i really i like but the story of lawrence in the fall didn't necessarily grab me wow. as much uh, I, uh-huh. I love hearing that ej is not gonna agree with me on this which is great yeah um lawrence in the fall is an anthropomorphic animal book which is great uh-huh. uh, doug salani's main thing i would categorize is drawing animals there's one book where the focus is not mm-hmm. on animals but the other three like there's a heavy focus on drawing animals and either this guy really likes drawing animals or that's just what he's always tasked with doing. And Lawrence in the Mm -hmm. fall is like a kindergarten or like a young class of anthropomorphic kids, uh, all of various animal types doing a show and tell. And there's a Fox, doesn't doesn't feel like they have anything to show they don't know what they can show Mm -hmm. off and so uh, they are sad and they talk to their dad about it and their dad says well let's go to the woods and let's wander and let's find something that's worth showing and they do and it's an adventure (laughs) and they just go on a beautiful little adventure (laughs) and he eventually on his own finds leaves wonderful leaves that are changing and Lawrence in the fall finds the falling leaves and that's what he decides to bring to class and he shows it to everybody and they love it and he gives a leaf to every single one of his friends and he doesn't go home with any Uh leaves but it's not that big of a deal because he knows where he can find he more leaves. Find and follow me friends on, and all of the leaves. It's really How charming. Is that? How do you not I didn't not say love I it? didn't like it. I said I liked it the oh, least. My. So that really? just goes to show you Still I really know. like the others a lot. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, here's the thing about Lawrence in the Fall. Lawrence in the Fall, I think, just connects with me on a personal level. Mm, mm-hmm. I felt this way in, in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I felt the way that Lawrence felt, I think. And so... I think just the relatability there of being like somebody who struggled to bring something for show and tell. Yeah, um, I remember very vividly what I would do. It was actually my first foray into stand-up comedy was show and tell, <laughs> uh, and I'm not even joking. You, I would bring this is and this is the wildest story that I'm about to tell you, <laughs> but I would forget to bring things to show and tell, um, and I would never. It, mostly because I would look around my room and I'd be like, I don't really want to talk about any of this. Uh-huh. So I would bring my jacket to show and tell, the coat that I would wear that day, uh-huh. and then I would make voices with it. And oh, good. Yeah, yeah. But it was like Children all are my wonderful. friends yeah. would come up to me and say it was very funny yeah, afterwards. That's like great. They, they, I was, I was encouraged. Like yeah. it wasn't like Heck you know, yeah. it was weird. It was just a weird thing, and that was kind of like whenever I was like, oh, you know, I can. And I just came up with that on the spot, right? Yeah. Like it was just something that I was like, uh, I don't have anything. Let me just go grab my jacket out of my yeah, cubby right. and make voices and, like, uh, you know, try and be funny in front I'm bringing, of my I'm classmates. bringing the
0: humor for show and tell. I'm bringing the funnies. Right,
1: yeah. And that, and that you know, that obviously, as a kindergartner, uh, you know, got stale after a while. But I also did not care. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't care. Right. So, so it was interesting. So, yeah, it, I guess going back to this, it's just nice that... Um, you know, I I guess I wish I had had somebody maybe usher me into that sort of world of I don't know, I felt kind of alone when it came to like Mm -hmm. doing things for school a lot. And that's no fault of my mom. My mom was a single mother. And so doing things alone for school was just kind of the norm. Yeah. Uh, and I think it, it is something that I, I miss about my childhood since my parents got divorced at a young age, mm-hmm. that I just didn't have uh, somebody who, you know, all the time was, like, willing to, like, take me out and and experience parts of the world, you know? Right. So... Um, it just, it was very touching in that, in that way. And I think Matthew Farina, uh, I want to say, uh, did a great job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This one is interesting to me because it kind of feels like a book that was, uh, you know, I I think we've had this debate on this show a lot of like, what's sort of the process to these things? You know, someone comes up with an idea for a book, they've written it out and they go find an author. I almost, for some reason, think that this was like done in the opposite direction where Doug Salati was just like, I want to draw forest stuff and I don't really have an idea of what to write about, but I just really want to draw about the forest. uh, And maybe Mm. I'll get my buddy Matt to, to do that or something. Like I just, I'm completely making up this story, but given, given how this this book is where it's just like, it is so much focus on the animals and the outdoors and all of that. I have to imagine that a lot of these, drawings came first and the the story was kind of written around like what was worth drawing uh it it ends even the final the the like back cover is just pictures of leaves, uh just leaves leaves whatever Mm -hmm. uh and and they're like all labeled as if like here's your like introduction to like getting it here's the sugar maple here's the white oak here's the red oak and it's like a book inviting kids themselves to get interested in this by, like... I think the art captivates you in that way. I, th- I think the art draws you in enough to where you're like, I love these woodland creatures. I love these leaves. I love all of this. I need to go do this. I must go into the woods and become an explorer. <laughs> uh, I, I as an eight year old or a, a four year old must right. go into the woods and do this. Uh, I, I just think it's really, really inspiring in that way.
1: Yeah. I, and I also want to call out that this did win an Ezra Jack Keats award, which mm-hmm. is for new writers and new illustrators or sorry, it, it was an honor an Ezra Jack Keats honor. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because Doug Salotti actually ended up winning the Ezra Jack Keats for his hot dog story yeah, yeah. Uh, as an illustrator. So, uh, just you know, just it's it's cool that new that there's an award for new yeah. authors and illustrators out there, uh, and it's cool that this one got recognized yeah. um, as something that is like you know th- these are guys who aren't there yet necessarily. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of, you get a little bit of that vibe, right? Yeah. Like you can tell this is, uh, you know, a sophomore attempt or, right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good solid, like you said, maybe K to two, uh, reading level book yeah where, you know, this is one that I read with Nora and Nora had, uh, was, was engaged with this one. I cool. would say yeah. more than, more than the other two, probably. Yeah um this one just had the most uh it was just the most visuals i mean outside of
0: hot dog which we read we'll get a get too. yeah no. that one we read over uh, back let's talk about in a small kingdom because that's the other mm-hmm. one i uh struggled slightly more with if anything too i uh, honestly in talking with about lawrence in the fall may- maybe maybe that's my number three and in a small kingdom is my number four they're definitely close this one uh mm-hmm. written by uh caldecott honor and newberry honor winner Tommy tomi this one is just a fantasy book and it reads mm-hmm. like an old fantasy fable, even to the extent of like, really not that much happens in it. <laughs> it's yeah. but but it but it's a setting and it's a place and it's about somewhere and it's about kind of an idea. I could get into the outcome of the idea being something I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't know how I care about that. But It's about a kingdom where the king has died and his son is supposed to ascend the throne and there's a magical robe that keeps the bad things away and the prince's half-brother is mad that he's not Mm. going to be the king. So he destroys the robe and uh, gets rid of it before anybody can realize it. And when they go to try to find it, the prince doesn't have it he's terrified that he won't be able to rule the kingdom without this coat and off in the countryside people discover the tattered torn bits of the coat and they repair it but to repair it they have to combine it with many pieces of their own clothing and you know there's there's symbolism here there's there's a metaphor to all of this of everybody contributing to the kingdom and they finally get the new robe back to their prince for them to become king and then There's just a part where the half-brother is like, I gotta go! Uh, That sucks! You are gonna send the throne! I'm gone! Bye, everybody! (laughs) And and that's kind of weird. And then the ending is like, yes, you are king, and you are a great king, and we gave you everything so that you could become king. And, uh, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about the ending. (laughs) Uh, My people, this robe that I wear, not only has the power, but also your love just as you have the love of your new king um it's fine i love the setting the first Mm -hmm. half of the book i was very into because it's just like whoa this fantastical amazing place and all these vistas that we get and it is beautiful across the board uh i just don't know if i care for like the message at the end (laughs) where it's like if you give everything to your king that's good because they are a good king and we've done it everyone what a good what what good servants of the king we have all been I don't know
1: yeah uh, yeah I, I think the framing is a little weird it should be noted that this is Tommy Depala who is um, yeah, you know, uh, Tommy Depala I guess is how you, I, I don't know how to pronounce it he he was well into his life at this point yeah um, he was very well known yes. for his religious books. Um, he wrote like 260 children's books. Wow. Uh, this guy uh, just passed away in, in 2020 um, and at the age of 85. So My goodness. I mean, it, it is it makes a little bit of sense that this one, uh, you know, the writing feels a little dated. But he's kind of known for his folk tales yeah. uh, and things like that. So uh, I don't I don't put too much stock in maybe kind of the weird like the criticism. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the weird criticism because because it's like. It is a folk, you know, he's written, uh, like I said, 200 of these. It is a folk tale.
0: It it deserves. And if we're talking about that kind of time period, we're not doing mm -hmm. some sort of like wishful thinking approach. We're saying what the society, I mean, it's not, I'm not calling this like some sort of historical novel, but that's what this fable (laughs) is about. And it's allowed to be about that. And that's fine. Yeah. It
1: just yeah, left a weird yeah, taste in my mouth. That, yeah. <laughs> it's just it yeah, it's it's just a it's a weird setting, right? It's yeah. that, that's really all there is to it. It's just kind of a weird kind of setting. And and like you said, I think overall the overarching point is that maybe, you know, people coming together yes. and and forming community around somebody that they do believe in. Mm-hmm, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird because it it, you know, kings were treated as as gods, right? Like that's kind of the the old thinking of of how how maybe the romanticized yeah. view of of how you would view the middle ages even though like you know feudalism is really bad yeah yeah right <laughs>
0: there's, there's, yeah. there's all the knocks against it but there's like reasons it happened and there was things maybe i don't know right maybe but, but at the same maybe.
1: time right like there's a romanticized version yes, of that exactly. is, is really what i'm getting to is like we want to believe that it's like oh but there you know people actually loved the person that they right. were, you know, uh, subject to serving. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Serving. Right. And, uh, and that's, and while that's not the case, uh, you know, there's still this fun, like kind of folktale you can get glean out of that. You know, the emperor's new clothes is yeah. like a good example of like a really whack, right. Sort of yeah. interpretation of how people <laughs> will not talk back to the king, right. Yeah. Or not talk back to the emperor. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, this is, this I think is a tame interpretation of like something that's kind of sweet, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the il- illustrations are beautiful. Absolutely. I love the, I love the robe at the yeah. end. Um, and, uh, obviously Tommy being a, just a, a legend of, of children's literature. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's interesting that Doug got to work with Tommy before passed uh, Tommy passed. Yeah. Uh, because this is, uh, you know, that, that, you know, this is somebody who's coming up yeah. uh, versus somebody who was on their way out yeah. and it's kind of a cool juxtaposition.
0: It definitely is. And, and what I love too, is it's letting, uh, the writing shine while also giving a lot of space for Doug Salati. Something I, I want to point out as like a trend between these books that I think we'll continue through all four we talk about today is how much Doug Salati is really good at evoking kindness <laughs> the yes. first book is just like we i mean there's there's like kind of scary parts of the first book they they get trapped in a storm and the kid gets uh left alone for a minute but then it's about the beauty of these leaves and i want to share these and like you feel that you feel not just in the writing but like you feel the kindness and in this one you feel the kindness of of these people wanting to do something good and do the right thing to fix this and and i just think especially in like the character work the faces on the people or the anthropomorphic animals or just the regular animals like Mm -hmm. it's all soft and it's just so pleasant and gentle and and i think that really leads a lot to this story where maybe the writing would have bothered me even more if the art wasn't so just like it's okay don't don't overthink the king thing we're just all nice people and this is a beautiful society and let's take the idealistic romantic approach of all of this and say it is good (laughs)
1: Right, and that's and that's what Doug Salati does so well yeah. in this one, right? Is actually the portrayals are very soft and kind, mm-hmm. and and it it softens kind of the blow of this kind of weird story about a, a jealous stepbrother yeah. who tore up a robe, and then like <laughs> the subjects of this kingdom are are remaking it because they believe in this young prince right. who, you know, has just been brought up as king because the king is dead. Yeah, you know, long live the king. Kind of deal. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, like I said, an interesting little folk tale. I yeah. think when you've, again, when you've written 260 children's books in your life, um, yeah. I'd say uh, eventually the well runs a little dry. <laughs> this one written in 2018, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty certain DePala at that point kind of was at the end of the ideas yeah. <laughs> that that they may have had uh, towards towards children's literature. But it's nice to see somebody... Uh, like I said, who is a legend? Right. Uh, just, just you know, crushing it until the very end. So. Absolutely.
0: Uh, next up is whew, a heavy, a heavy one to talk about. Next up is Pip and yeah. Zip. Ooh. Did you expect by this? Alana K. Arnold, I absolutely <laughs> did not expect this. It's just there's this one honestly, we could do a mouth, whole dude. episode <laughs> about this book. We are going to go 45 minutes because we're going to talk way too long about this <laughs> book. Pip and Zip is about. uh some kids and their family who just uh-huh. so happen it just so happens uh-huh. to be a time when I'll read the first line yeah. once when we all had to stay home for the whole <laughs> long springtime, when schools were closed and work was closed and everything fun was cancelled mm-hmm. it's a COVID <laughs> book folks uh, and it never really says it until the very very <laughs> yeah, end but it, this one is not so known. good at being like what was it like for kids during that time? Yeah. What This evokes everything about, like, how did kids handle 2020 and what did they do? And the book is about... They, they couldn't do anything, and so they went on a walk because you could kind of go outside, mm-hmm. and on and, and all the pictures or them walking outside, and people are in masks, and they're keeping their distance, and it feels sad to keep your distance from these potential friends, and that kindness that we were just talking about comes through where it's like everyone would love to be more kind, and we just don't get to. Like, it's, it's so unfortunate that we can't have more kindness because we have to all keep our distance. And yeah. they find two duck eggs uh, along the creek, that are like trapped in the mud and uh, someone explains to them that sometimes ducks lose their eggs and so they keep them and they incubate them and they hatch these ducklings and these ducklings grow to be ducks and time passes and time passes and eventually things get better for the ducks not for like anything bigger than that or anything (laughs) not like there's not like any higher message but like as time passes things get better better and maybe get okay and eventually the ducks are able to spread their wings again and they were they had a dark moment there and maybe they weren't gonna get to hatch and maybe they weren't gonna get to grow but they did and they fly away and live the rest of their life And then the book goes on to be a metaphor at all, not Not a metaphor metaphor at all. (laughs) And then, like totally separate from that, the book is like, oh, and then we got to go outside again, and we got to meet the friends we wanted to meet. And there's this huge two page fold of just ducks flying away, (laughs) and it's really beautiful, (laughs) so
1: beautiful. (laughs) Hey, Matt, this this book also works because it's a true story. Yeah, Um, that Elena Arnold here, um, just I mean, wow. What, a, what an incredible interpretation of kind of a time period that is going to be... We talked about this in, recently in our holiday books episode. Yeah. You know, about times of reverence, right? Mm-hmm. And how we're going to think back on a pandemic that affected the entire world. Yeah. Um, and I think that Elena's telling here is just so on the nose for how maybe we should remember that time yeah obviously for some and if you're lucky enough um you know you can remember that time like this right right um you can remember the time when we had to stay inside as a time when you got to nurture your ducks yeah yeah and bring them to life um man you know and not everybody's going to get that opportunity a lot of people lost a lot of loved ones during that time and uh the fact that we can see that the in writing and this book was just released like 6 months ago yeah um and and you know th- the fact that this writing basically expresses that you know we there was hope um even for ducks that had little to no chance of surviving, essentially, yeah, um, and there was hope for us as well. Is just, I mean, it's man. just, it's just this one. If if it weren't for hot dog, man, yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I,
0: I would put out there that I don't know if this <laughs> is, I th- maybe because, like you're saying, this was just released. Well, this is a 2020. 2020- too. it was oh oh oh! Well, sorry it was a year and a half ago yeah. I, I'm stuck in it's okay because still. I'm yeah. I, it, it's sad because it's like I think this should have been a huge award winner like I think this should have gotten a Caldecott yeah, this, the this way the crushed. illustrations reinforce the story again there's like multiple yeah. full page spreads in this that are just like no words on it but are just like there to like draw impact to the thing that Elena just said like they work right. in concert with each other it's so back and forth this is like a required own book i feel like to me this is a historical document about the time there is a part of it even where we recently had an episode about water and it was a dark time (laughs) on the show and a sad (laughs) thing and there were parts of this book where like in that beginning didn't you feel some like deep-seated nihilism like then the the colors are all muted it's like pretty Mm -hmm. dark and there's this... Yeah, you I, feel. Yeah, I you got feel this it. feeling. Yeah, you feel how
1: it becomes more vibrant. My God, yeah. Doug. I, I got Doug this feeling this
0: from thing. it of people are going to look back on this kind of... Like, this is optimistic and if things... If environment things continue to get worse, there's going to be so many more books like this that are like very eerily about ways in which society had to stop interacting with each other. Like, it, it gets Broke insanely uh, scary basically. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, here's another line, at the park people kept their dogs from sniffing when he, when each other, one another, which seemed to make them sad, and the restaurant we used to go to for Saturday morning pancakes had its windows dark, like sleeping eyes It. we walked around the lake <laughs> bored and slow, like I felt uh, this feeling yes. like we need this book to preserve that the feeling, like it so perfectly encapsulates so that good. time I've never read mm-hmm. or seen anything that captures 2020 better, and it's like in 20 years people need to still look back at this book to like know what it felt like. This, this one
1: absolutely didn't win awards because of COVID burnout almost. Yeah, maybe so. Right. Like, I mean, just the time I'm looking at the time, Yeah, August 23rd, 2022 is when this was released. And I, I imagine that, you know, these awards committees had probably seen enough submissions about, um, you know, COVID and, uh, by that time you know they were, they've probably felt exhausted and they yeah. wanted something uh, a little bit different um, but this is this is every bit deserving of every award um, mm-hmm. we've ever discussed on this yeah. show and any other awards outside of that just because of it just because of how smart it is and, it, and how easy it is to read, the adjectives and stuff in this book are not hard for my kindergartner to understand yeah, right. Um, they're, you know but at the same time they evoke so much of the, the, the feeling that was you know 2020. Yeah. It, it just evokes so much of that feeling and then the immersion, right Yeah and, 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 and how it emerges after that as well it's just how you feel coming out Getting of this out book of is side. is so hopeful. Mm-hmm. Like how does, how, how can I feel so hopeful after everything that I've experienced and yet we can, you know? Yeah. And I think that sort of perseverance, uh, being kind of described, uh, in a way that I've never seen, yep. uh, through the lives of these two ducks named Pip and zip. Yeah, man. Uh, is it's just, it's a remarkable tale. Yeah. Uh, this is a, this is a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that Doug Salati has four books that we've read and at least two of them are 10 out of 10. Yeah, Because
0: yeah, and then there's Hot behold. Dog. And, yeah, oh yeah, my dude. God, before... <laughs> like, Hot Dog is one of the most pleasant picture books yes. I've ever read. It is maybe... if We had our ranked list of, uh, of Caldecott winners, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we did. Uh, and Hot Dog is firmly... Firmly, firmly, firmly up top for me. Uh, this is this is the greatest, one of the best books ever written, uh, and it's so simple. This one, Doug Salati wrote himself, and I I am so excited to see where Doug Salati's career goes. Uh, hot Dog reads like a poem, but a poem that absolutely requires its pictures to be a part of it. It truly feels mm-hmm. like a a graphic poem in that way. It feels like a medium yes. all on its own. Uh, hot Dog is about uh, hot wiener dog a, yeah, a, wiener a hot dog, dachshund baby. in uh the new in new york city new york summer baby. and they've got this owner this kind of middle-aged woman with them and the dog's hot and the city's kind of sucking and there's too many noises and the dog's pissed and she says no i'm not moving anymore i'm sick of it right and the well, woman no, goes okay right here on the side i know how to fix this and they take a cab and they go to the beach and all of, again all of this is told we don't have one in front of me so i can't quote anything all of this is told in like half sentences little like yeah. it's almost like onomatopoeia but it's also mm-hmm. words where it's just like will like go song. must mm-hmm. stop take a like in the car wind in your head like it, it everything is sold told so plainly but then the illustrations are carrying all of the rest of that load and you are completely getting the story of just this dog who goes to the beach with his owner and has a wonderful day and then the evening comes and they take their trip back to their house. They get to their apartment in New York City. Mm. They cool off. It feels better. It's yeah. not so loud. What a good day. And then the dog dreams about seals and it's just the best. And that's the whole book. And it's yeah. so delightful. And Molly yeah. loved it so much. Yeah. I have to buy it because Molly wanted to read it every single night. She loved the dog. The, yeah. Loved uh, you, you. And it's it's so fun to read as a parent. Because it's not some long-winded it's, thing, you just say the things that are yeah. on each page, and it's a little bit of jazz with the book that you're just kind of doing with it, and yeah, it's you like pull a different radio things. It's song. like a ra- it's just <laughs> it's so great, and it doesn't have all yeah. the impact and meaning of Pip and Zip, but it's every bit as just like <sighs> right, and
1: I and I mean that because the the lyrics of the book, right, the 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 writing in the book. Yeah. It just like it, it's the the noise around it, right? Yeah. Everything around it makes everything that's being said so much more impactful. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this book. I mean, this is a top. This is a top line. Yeah. Like Caldecott Committee knows what they're doing because this this book
0: rips. Did you read this one much? Or did you just like once through it and you were you know that? Was, I read it three times. Yeah, yeah. I read it three times personally.
1: I mean, and that was and that was in the time like. I mean, I only had like a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You just had to go back to it. When I was reading with Molly, (laughs) something I found I was doing with this book that was like one of my favorite things that's ever happened with a picture book is I wasn't even like concerned with reading the words sometimes i would just like do some of the sounds of something else on the page it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna hone in on this there's a car car honking and like and sometimes too there weren't enough words for me to try to like explain to molly what was going on so i was just sort of adding in words you hear every page of this book you hear every page of the book you add (laughs) stuff to it you're like look he's running over there oh he sees a seal what are you gonna do and you you sort of narrate some of the illustrations and you just are sort of engaging with it with with the kid yeah. it's so fun this one would be awesome to do even just like at a at a library story time or whatever like it's just fun to engage with and and do it multiple times i yeah this is one of the best books ever written <laughs> it,
1: it like yeah like it, just best pieces of of young literature in the world um i mean this is like this this one deserves to go in a museum it's like yeah. it's that good like i would love to see that the thing that I want to see is like a uh, a museum installment, yeah. where every page of this book has its own frame, and you just walk through like you a just long go hallway. It. It's like a whole wall. Just,
0: every every yeah. picture is a whole wall, and you're just going through right. rooms with these images yeah. on it, and you're just sort of in each space. It's so you incredible. To,
1: yeah, I mean that. I mean, imagine that. That would be. Yeah. That's what I want for this book. This book is this book is a masterpiece. Yeah. If you haven't read Hot Dog. Go go find it somewhere. Yeah. Order it. Uh, support Doug Salati. <laughs> uh, this was Doug's first attempt at writing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is uh, incredible. Immaculate. Because It's well, it, well, what what a what a way you know what mm-hmm. a way to start writing. It
0: yeah, I mean, compare is, this to we really love John Clason. John Clason's funny. John Clason doesn't hit this hard. And you look at John Clason's earliest attempts, and it's like you're working some stuff out. You know. The hat books are f- funny, but they, you know they're a little bit like okay, yeah, I guess I don't know. And and it's not yeah, till later that like is, John Klassen really starts hitting his exact right. like his exact tone and everything. His and this every one, time, yeah. Doug comes out the gate like this is yeah. how my books feel and what they're about and everything. Yes,
1: yes, like yeah, and but like I said, like I mean that it takes so much courage to write in this way. Yeah. right away, right? Like a, a maybe a a less confident uh artist and writer would put more words on the page because they feel like they need it. Yeah. Um, versus Doug Salati's like, nope, I'm just going to trust that these these small phrases are going to get me through this this beautifully, you know, rendered environment that I've 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 made yeah and uh wow this was the same just, year
0: this was 2022 as well this mm-hmm. was a recent caldecott so this is the this same year as pip and Zip. Than... so the hot dog actually just knocked pip and zip that's out fair. of getting a that's caldecott fair. that's the problem that's what <laughs> we've just stumbled across is, is the other one didn't get to win because hot dog was just too dang good
1: <laughs> yeah it's and that's tough too because pip and zip like i said is a is is incredible yeah. i mean i mean the fact that doug salati was a part of uh, you know two books in the same year that are that are just like like i said 10 out of 10 mm-hmm. efforts by both authors and illustrators here uh i mean you can't say enough about the year he had in 2022 yeah. so Absolutely. i'm hoping that uh i'm hoping we see more from this guy in yeah. the future I, this is somebody i would definitely love to bring on the Absolutely, show at yeah. some point and and just pick their brain about w- what their process is right uh,
0: yeah, I I loved it. Thank you, Doug Salati, for just the treasures you gave us. Absolutely, what a gift! And uh, yeah, I, I I just can't wait. I also EJ can't wait for next week because uh-huh. we didn't think we'd do it so soon, but you know what? It's time to get back into Avatar. There hasn't been enough Let's Avatar talk on this show, so we're gonna start reading the graphic novels. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. Can't super duper can't wait.
1: <laughs> I'm 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 stoked. I mean, obviously, we we kind of came into this uh, section after, you know, we're we're in the post-series of Unfortunate Events world now, folks. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't have those books to lean on we anymore. We need a series it's, to grasp onto. Know, right, yeah. So we're kind of, you know, we're in kind of a searching phase here of, of things we kind of want to do next, right? Like, what's the next big thing we want to tackle? And right now we're kind of doing a mini-series, I would say, uh, where we tackle a lot of these Avatar graphic novels uh, and a lot of that universe, uh, just because it's something that, uh, Matt and I have a mutual interest in you know it's 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 kind of like with a series of unfortunate events we we just have this mutual interest in what goes on in this world it's just a world I want to live in yeah you know yeah and, and that's and that's really all you can ask for when it comes to building universes yep. um and you know uh Michael Dante DiMartino uh has done an excellent job uh of of protecting this IP to the point of yep. like you know you just get to go basically anywhere, and the universe is so well built mm-hmm. that you almost can't mess it up. Yeah, so almost, <laughs> uh, almost can't. Almost, we, hey, listen, man, I I gave myself some wiggle room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>